Welcome to the Why God Why podcast, brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Dylan Carnivale, and I'm the Browncroft staff and producer of the show. I'm joined today by our host, Peter Engler, the Director of Adult Ministries here at Browncroft, and John Amayo, the New York State Crew Director. Why God Why is a podcast where we ask 21st century questions about God that you never thought you could. And today, we have Father Eric Okren. He's the lead pastor of Trinity Community Church, and we're talking about Why God Why? Do I get so worried when my life is out of control? Peter and John, take it away. Wow, I, I can't think of a topic that is more applicable to our lives today than this one right here. I think about those two words, worry and control. It seems like everybody is struggling with those two things. At, at some point during the day, all of us are struggling with those two things. So um, I think this is going to be a really great conversation that, that we're having today. Have you ever met someone that feels like they're fully in control of their life? Uh, I've met people that think they're fully in control. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> fair, fair, way, fair. But, yeah. Like, so I, you know, I, I think about this question and just how relatable, just as you said. And one of the reasons why I wanted to interview my friend, Father Eric, is, um, you know, here is a guy that works three jobs. Maybe he's down to two, he'll tell us. But I mean, part of that is just the way that God has wired and gifted him. Um, but also I just know some of the things that he's working on is in this area. And so it's funny. Um, C.S. Luce talks about friendship and like when Eric and I talk, it's like, oh, you too. Like, yeah. and so I just really love that. So we're going to just throw it over to Eric. And uh, by the way, Eric is an Anglican priest. He'll probably tell you a little bit more about that, but just to kind of get us started, um, Eric, what are some examples in your life when you feel out of control? And if you got one from today, you know, being interviewed on a podcast, that's okay. You know? <laughs> well, that's the obvious one. Here yeah. I am, not really knowing what to, uh, what fully to say or expect. But I, I, um, you know, I can appreciate the question because it, it makes me think about um, as recently as yesterday. I had a parishioner send me an email saying, "Hey." I would like us to consider maybe making an announcement in church that anybody who's not feeling well uh, shouldn't come to church anymore. And he said, <laughs> this, this is because of the you know, coronavirus you yeah. know, that's coming to America. And, um, and I immediately in that moment just kind of spiraled into this place of, oh my gosh, he, even his wording, you know, he was feeling kind of just desperate, right? There's this desperation and in, 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 uh, his concern and his worry and perhaps, dare I say, feeling out of control. And, um, and I thought, gosh, if, if we go down that route, if I allow myself to go down that route, you know, as from a family of, of six and four kids on any given day in this particular time of year, yeah. half of us are not coming to church, right? So, um, but, you know, so definitely, you know, I'm sure everybody is very aware of, you know, the coronavirus and, and, and feeling uh, desperate and out of control in that regard. I think the other thing that comes to my mind right away, and I don't have to go, go back very far um, it's just politics. These days we can all really apprehend how there's uh, just a lot of chaos going on in, in the political realm. And, um, and it's disturbing. You know, it's troubling. It doesn't matter where you are on the, on the spectrum. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a strange time. And, and it's hard to feel grounded uh, in what's happening in our country with politics. Um, but in terms of my life, you know, and an example when, when I felt out of control, I go back to, I go back to adolescence. And mm. maybe maybe a lot of us do. And I was a I, I was a late bloomer, and so uh, because I was a late bloomer, that may, means I went into grade nine 
as a four foot 11 inch uh, young man, you know, weighing maybe 90 pounds soaking wet and um, just really feeling uh, out of control with regard to, to um, man, am I ever going to, am I ever going to fit in? Am I ever going to get bigger? Am I ever going to be seen by the ladies, you know, stuff like that. And so that's kind of a, something that comes to my mind. I want to go back. Um, man, what you said was just so rich. John and I were ready to ask questions. But, yeah. but um, <laughs> I got three questions in what you just said. <laughs> right. So anyway, no, so, so I want to go back to the coronavirus email. Sure. Um, I think all four of us here, we've received emails like that. Yeah. And uh, just tell me, what were you feeling before you read that email? What did you feel reading during that email? And then what did you feel after that email? I was feeling fine before the email. Um, mm. You know, I was in a pretty good place. Uh, I read the email, and during the email, like my, my heart started to race a little bit, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, the the ripple effect of people not coming to church is really significant." You know, mm. who's going to volunteer in the nursery if they're feeling sick, and how's that going to impact the families and the kids, and and on and on and on and on. Um, but but afterwards, I just had sort of took a deep breath, you know, and I said, "Okay, what's the." What's a prudential and caring and kind way to, to validate, you know, the felt concern, but respond, you know, appropriately and say, gosh, yeah, maybe we can say something, but be a little bit fuller about not necessarily just if you don't feel well, but if you're having some of these symptoms, like who's going to, hopefully nobody's going to come to church if they're running a high fever and, you know, uh, nauseous and all those kind of things. I just think, um, my wife, she's going to love hearing me like say this because <laughs> two years ago and I don't I've only gotten inches better, but like I would get an email like that and like just it would put me in a tailspin for the rest of the day because it's just you're out of control. What do you do? And then on top of that, it's like it's like someone has handed you like a TNT bomb that's like like. And you're like, if I respond to the, and it's almost like you're accepting someone else's anxiety. So not only do you feel out of control, but you know that they do. I don't know. I just, man, that, that was so helpful. So yeah. yeah, go ahead, John. No, I, man. Yeah. So I think of that example. I resonate with that. I also resonate with your example from your adolescence too. Mm. I'm not the largest man in the universe. Uh, it's, we We're can still, easily call this the, I'm waiting for my growth spurt. Waiting for my growth spurt podcast. Ooh, that could be it. Ooh, that could preach. Yeah, anyway. All five, four of me. That's right. <laughs> so so, uh, so that resonated with me. Let's go there. Like like, kind of some of the roots maybe even of some of the the ways you're tempted to be anxious or, or worry. Like, Put, placing yourself back there in June in ninth grade, mm -hmm. what were you worrying about during those times? Yeah, I think the 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 biggest thing for me at that point is it's a lot of comparison, you know, with with others, with peers, and um, you know, as I'm looking around the classroom and I'm you know running around in gym, I'm like, man, I'm I'm the I'm the smallest guy here, you know, and uh, and in terms of a time and phase and place in life when identity is being formed and, you know, confidence is being established or not. Um, you know, those were just real battles and wrestlings, you know, that I, that I had. And, um, and I think that, 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 um, that was really a, a, a basis for, you know, some, probably some of the foundational things for me in my life where I've, where I've worried, am I going to, am I going to measure up? Mm. Um, am I going to stay in control if I'm in a situation or a circumstance where, you know, I may perceive myself to still be smaller, yeah. you know, than other people in the room? Wow, so good. So 
So let me ask you this question based off of that. What do you wish you could have had someone tell you in your ninth grade self, just put their arm around you. If you, if you kind of put yourself back in that classroom somewhere and you kind of imagine yourself sitting at the desk and someone comes up to you that you respect and love, just puts their arm around you mm-hmm. and, and could, could tell you something that you know you would really listen to as that ninth grade self, what would that be? What comes to mind immediately is that I could see somebody coming to me, putting their arm around me, as you said, um, and saying, there is a longer view of things. There is a longer view of things. And, and uh, that means that you will get taller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you will put on some weight. Um, you know, what time frame that happens in, don't worry so much about those things, but believe that there is a longer view of things and, and, uh, and, and you will get to that place. Um, or at least you'll grow some in that space, right? And maybe I always wanted to be six foot four like my dad and I did never get there, obviously. Um, but, but I did get much further along than four foot 11. Yeah. So not um, so much about, don't worry so much about this destination or where you want to be or what you want to become. Just believe that you are going to be coming in the longer view of, of things. When you feel life is really chaotic um, and you get really worried, do you ever find yourself going back to that freshman four foot eleven? I mean, how does that play out? Yes, you know, let's be honest. Um, I I wish that I have uh, have nailed um, this confidence thing or this 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 reality of maybe getting closer to feeling like you're, I'm at peace and, and have control. Um, but I, 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 I know better, you know, I think it's just, again, it's a reminder to say, you know, the end game isn't to be in control of everything. You know, the end game is to, is to trust that there is a, a process and that God is, is working through things and, and bringing me someplace to, to what he, what he's hoping for. Mm-hmm. So maybe we fast forward a little bit to the current day mm-hmm. And we talk about you, you know, in ninth grade, but how about now? Like, what are the things that you find yourself kind of consumed by the most now and worry? Yeah. Um, well, I, um, there's a few things. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, just off right off the top of my, uh, of my head, that some of the biggest things that worry me really are, you know, financial worries. Um, you know, I have, a, I have four kids. Um, I, I went through some transitions uh, about seven years ago, um, moving from uh, practicing as a school psychologist for 14 years and kind of being in that in that track of um, every year, you know, there's an increase in salary, there's fantastic benefits, there's a pension awaiting me when I'm 53 years old and, and um, you know, I can retire. And, and then just through circumstances, my life took a course where God began to call and pull me towards uh, ministry. And, and uh, that meant walking away from some, some of those securities and, um, and a lot of the financial um, benefits of that. So I think even today, um, you know, I, I hope that others can probably relate to that too, that we worry about, you know, finances um, for kids. It takes a lot to keep up with the Joneses uh, where I live in Webster with regard to you know, soccer and dance and all those things. And, and it's really just an exercise of, of saying, I, I, I don't know, God, how's it going to, how's it going to happen? Um, and I remember 
Um, when I did move away from school psychology and left it completely in the earlier years before I took a couple other jobs, um, you know, and just immerse myself in being a pastor that I just said, God, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to, I'm not getting out of the boat and having to walk on water by myself. I'm, I'm going to be getting out of the boat with my four kids and my wife as well. And you just, you got to do it. And, and I've actually kept a, a, a blessings journal, you know, particularly related to finances and it's amazing the ways that God has continued to provide for my family. And I may worry a lot about it still, but he just comes alongside of me like that person putting his arm around me saying, hey, there's a longer view of things and I'm right here with you. You know, it's interesting as you bring that up. Um, we put a poll in our Why God Why Insiders group and we asked people what was the number one thing that they worried about. And they said finances. Yeah. Oh, good. And, I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> so, you know, I think you kind of mentioned it, but like, um, I wouldn't say I'm mostly worried about finances. So I'm trying to kind of pinpoint, is it the, the, the weekly look at your bank account and like, it's, you know, smaller than you thought. Is it like, I'd like to say yes to other things, but I know it's kind of like you're trying to put your hands in the water or is it, um, I know that with some people, like some of the richest people I know are the most anxious about money mm. because it's like, and, and again, I, I don't want to be, I think there's a lot of people that are in this boat. I'm not saying it's bad, but if there's $500,000 in the account, there could be $600,000 mm. in the account. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just play into us the everyday life of Father Eric trying yeah. to get through that. Well, sure. I, I don't know how many people in the audience are familiar with the Enneagram <laughs> um, hopefully some, you know, but I, I, you know, I'm an Peter eight. is, uh, Peter is uh, educating us all. Okay. John, okay. stop yeah, it. Uh, well, John, you true. call people out on the that's Enneagram. That's true. Well, come I on. Do. I well, do. First, Peter educated for me. The, so for those who are skeptical of, of the Enneagram or, or wary of it, you know, first I'm a human being and then who happens to have the attributes, some of the attributes of a three, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, not a three and then everything else. So not just a number, but you know, as a, as a three, you know, my mind and just it's bent towards uh, my personality seems bent towards achievement you know mm -hmm. and and one of those things is what i might project out into the future as a, a reasonable and good outcome with regard to where i might want my family to be by whatever you know time frame mm -hmm. and uh and that plays into it you know so if i'm looking out into the future in my mid 50s or 60s as a enneagram 3 I'm like, well, that's what it needs to be. That's the goal. And I've got to get there, you know, and I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Ergo, adding in a few more jobs on the side, you know, since then to say, you know, not only to, to meet the needs of today, but also to say, well, that's what I see in the future. And that's where um, I imagine is a good place to be in the future. And I'm going to work very hard to get there. Mm. I, I want to transition a little bit, um, you know, uh, this is a problem when you're friends with someone that you interview, you go places, but, um, uh -oh. you, you pastor a church yeah. that about seven years ago went through a, a very surprised transition. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be curious for you to kind of answer that question that we're asking today based on that experience where, I mean, you went from youth pastor mm -hmm. to lead pastor mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think for some of us, Enneagram threes or achievement, or we'd think, oh, that's great. And I think you kind of have a, a story that's, you know, just 
could kind of speak to some of the stuff to the question about anxiety and chaotic times. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, in that transition, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty sudden um, uh, move or, or retirement from the former pastor. And, um, and so, you know, in the midst of, of that transition and, and me moving into, you know, becoming the pastor, the, the head pastor, lead pastor, or in our faith tradition, the, the rector uh, of the parish, um, I began to think about, well, what, is it, what does it look like? What's a, what's a successful church look like? And, um, you know, what part do I play in that? And um, uh, who am I supposed to be, right? I, I've imagined my leadership and my pastoral formation, you know, in this time, even though I was a youth pastor for eight years, I've almost looked at it as like, okay, there's this sandbox where I have my pastoral formation, my leadership development is all happening in this sandbox. And I've invited all these other people into it, you know, they're in it with me and they're experiencing this. And, um, and in many ways, it feels as though in that, in that space, that you know the the level of sand may may increase sometimes and and want to uh, almost suffocate me you know am i am i gonna keep my head above that and where what is that sand where is that coming from um and i don't know if that's a great image or 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 analogy for people but you know it's a it's a unique thing moving from a very well known for me a very well known um, profession as a school psychologist where i felt a lot of confidence and got a lot of validation into a lot of the insecurities of not necessarily knowing you know what i was supposed to be doing i heard once a, a, a another pastor said to me that when he accepted the call he got down on his knees you know before the cross and just said hey god i have no idea what i'm doing you know that I have no idea what I'm doing. And pretty soon all these people out here are going to find out that I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's a gross mm-hmm. exaggeration, right? But mm-hmm. but obviously God wouldn't call somebody who he didn't believe was able to do it, you know? And so um, it's it's been, it's been moments where it's been very challenging for me. Um, I, I've wanted more uh, by way of outcomes and um, you had to wrestle with God to say, why, you know, why God, why is, is this not happening the way that I had, had hoped for and imagined and, and help me please to, to figure this out. And, um, and very often, again, I really appreciate that early on that, that image, um, where, what would, what would you want an older person to say to you as that ninth grader? It's like God would, would come to me and has come to me many times and just said, look, you know, rise up, to this 30,000 foot perspective and really son, take a look at all the things that are happening here. And you may feel desperate and out of control. And in many ways, things are still happening. And I want you to feel desperate and out of control because that's where I can come in. And that's where I can really begin to work, you know, the most with, with you. And, and, um, and it'll be about him and not about me, which is, uh, again, an important thing to come to terms with as an Enneagram three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I heard you talk about that, it just I, I was just listening to a spiritual director talk yesterday about this concept of kind of um, really a kind of narcissism that, that can exist within ministry sometimes. And you're talking about this pastor being called into ministry and then at the same time feeling like, God, you know I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Pretty soon all these people aren't going to know what I'm doing. But in a way, that's almost that almost means you're in the right spot. As weird as that sounds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, when you're experiencing that and you can admit that, yeah. it's like that means, okay, now you're in the right spot because now you realize it's not about you. Yeah. But yeah. so many times, and I don't think you have to be a pastor to, 
to experience that. All of us can experience that on one level or another where we go, I'm not the right person for this. There's got to be somebody better. Pretty soon, everybody's going to figure out that I'm a phony. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of us feeling that way right now. How about for those people that might be in that spot? that might be thinking to themselves right now as they're listening to this, Mm -hmm. man, I I just, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. God knows that I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I I think that um, one of the, well, first off, I would say uh, to that person, um, welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it seems like we all are, are wrestling with this and, and, and I would want them to know, and as well as I need to be reminded by those who I know love me that, that, um, you know, this is, this is, uh, this, this is being grounded kind of in this, in this trust and in this peace that God can offer is, is a, is a process again, coming back to that. But, but also I think it's, it's recognizing our human propensities towards, um, fear um, and and anxiety and and worry, and and really just when we can see some of those things coming at ourselves and be disciplined in that and trust again voices around us, people that love us and care about us and know us as well as we know ourselves are better. Um, just to say, hey, look, you know, I can see a I can see a sink in here. Um, you know, just just take a step back and 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 know that we're going to get through this and. Um, and, and, and to know that I'm not alone in that, you know, really makes a big difference. Having people around me that, that I do trust can help me. You know, I want to come to the other side of that because I, <clears throat> I think of some of our listeners that are in their 20s, they're extremely talented. Mm-hmm. They're making a ton of difference. They probably relate a little bit to you in the school psychology realm or even as the youth pastor realm. And um, they're in this season where it feels like there's two or three people in the way of the next step. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're looking at this, why do I get so worried when life's out of control? They're sitting here thinking, you know, I, I'm going to give my age away, but they're thinking about the movie Office Space, <laughs> and they're like, I am just stuck in this office job no matter what I do, you know, no matter who I talk to, you know. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them that when they feel out of control that – Maybe their talents aren't being utilized the most. Maybe they don't feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you've probably lived a little bit of that. So, mm-hmm. what do you say to them? Well, I, I guess I think of a, a passage in in Scripture um, in the Book of Romans, and uh, where you know he's uh, he's talking to the church in Rome and saying, you know, that 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 all things are going to work for the good, you know, of those those who are called according to His purposes, and. Um, and you know, in that um, in that scripture, uh, what I think of is okay. So uh, he's working all things. How is he going to do that? And and what are his ultimate purposes for me at this stage of life? You know, God, how am I gonna how am I gonna get there? Um, what I'm reminded of is actually something that happens in the verses before that, in in verses 27 and verses 26 of Romans chapter eight, where it says that that we can that we can get there. You know, and that God is working all these things out for our good because it says that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us in verse 27 
and in verse 26. And encourage folks to check that out and just spend some time thinking about that. Because that means that I can, I don't necessarily have to just trust in me and that I'm going to make it happen or that my prayer is going to be fervent enough to get me to that, to that next place. But in fact, God himself, you know, in the person of the Holy Spirit is interested and vested and in fact conspiring for my good. Mm. So much so that he is praying for these purposes to come to pass in my life, that it's not just dependent upon me. Thank God, you know, he's interested in that happening. Mm. I'm going to get pretty personal here. That's all really, really good. Um, If I had your wife and four kids here Mm -hmm. and they said, this is what Eric looks like when we sense he's out of control. And, you know, just to be fair, I feel like we probably should answer that for ourselves too, John. Like we can't <laughs> before just, me, before yeah. me. Please, please. Yeah. 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 Well, well, no, no, no. Yeah, we'll give you time to think. I, no. I think I think the way that I look, you know, we just had a discussion about this. I feel like hmm. all these interviews are kind of going together, but I feel like for me, I'm over-apologizing. I'm over-investing in relationships. Um where I physically feel it is I I feel it in I feel a knot in my chest mm. where I just kind of I realize I'm not in control and you know I think the difference too is I'm frantic mm. like I'm talking faster I'm trying to get things done and I can just like I can feel it you know the conversations are shorter I'm a little bit more abrupt I don't know what about you John yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. I, I would say I feel it probably more in my gut than in my chest. Like I get like very like tight or I'll go from frantic to just kind of shutting down. Mm. Like my mind will will kind of go into like overdrive and then figure out it can't figure everything out and then just kind of go into shutdown mode mm-hmm. and just kind of be, you know, unable to kind of focus on anything for a while. I think when I'm really in kind of worry mode, that's when it'll, you can like, you could probably see it on my face, kind of the glazed over look, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in, Mm -hmm. in pretty severe worry mode, I think that's where I go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's, it's perhaps more, a little bit more like Peter, Um, you know, full disclosure, uh, this, this season of these past six months has been pretty, um, just stressful for, for me, uh, and um, and most of it's actually related to the to the work of the church and, and trying to get where discern where God wants us to, to be and where He wants us to go, and so for me the 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 indicator um, I actually just had some heart work done. I got a, a a new Apple Watch because my wife wanted me to be able to record my heartbeat when I was having uh, abnormal heart beats and, and saw a cardiologist had an echocardiogram. Um, so, you know, stress and worry can can impact me deeply, you know, on a physiological level um, and, and even in terms of rest and sleep. And, and so, you know, if my if my kids were here or my wife was here, they would say, you know, that I am tired, you know, and that I'm uh, worried about I'm worrying so much or that, that it's affecting my my um, my heart rate. Even. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me let me ask this question because it's it's something that all of us struggle with right all of us worry all of us have this tendency like i just think of the news right now as we're recording this like stock market is crashing uh coronavirus who knows what that's going to become by the time this airs in a few weeks you know who knows both of those things could be either out of control Mm -hmm. or they could be back to normal again Mm -hmm. we don't know as we're sitting here right now in this moment 
it seems like the world could possibly be collapsing around us if you pay attention to the news, right? <laughs> so how how do you maintain peace while still living in the midst of chaotic circumstances? Mm-hmm. Whether that's the big, large-scale stuff or the stuff that you're talking about in your own life where, where like the church that you're you're giving your life to, you're just trying to go like, Lord, where do you want this next? Mm-hmm. Where do you want this to go next? It feels so chaotic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you get peace in yeah. the middle of that? Um, a long time ago, uh, some very wise people had uh, shared with me a and it's very practical and very simple uh, a prayer, um, and it's a it's a serenity prayer. And the thing is, I my humanity may be racing and. And and having difficulty with with trust, uh, feeling anxious and all that stuff, but this the prayer is a serenity prayer where I can as many times a day as I need that, and focusing on the particular day and not reminding myself not to get out in the future. But God grant me the serenity, grant me the serenity, grant me the peace, grant me the serenity to accept those things that I cannot change, mm. the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So it's really just so simple. Like I think a lot of the answers in life really do have a profound simplicity to them. But God, give me the wisdom to be able to differentiate between the things that I actually do have some control over and those things that I don't have any control over. And I just beg of you to, to reveal to me, you know, what it is. And, and um, so that's, that's simple advice. And I do say the serenity prayer a lot. Um, and I do find that it helps me. I want to come back to because that prayer is a great segue. Your your like first like two minutes gave us enough to talk for an hour. <laughs> so, um, you know, the only thing we haven't talked about is the election, and sure. um, you know, you brought that up. Why did you bring that up, and kind of what's what's making you anxious about that? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, for better or for worse, I, I find myself in a place where I just have all kinds of acquaintances, um, deep dear friends. Um, I'm the whole spectrum of, of politics, right? And um, and I just, no matter who I'm talking to, there is this, there is just this unrest and this unease, and just disappointment in the other, you know, in the in the different side. And um, and so I just I just find that to be such a real and present example. And obviously, it's an election year, um, and and it came to my mind just quickly because that's just the felt reality right now. You cannot look at Facebook. You cannot turn on the news. You cannot pick up a, uh, you know, a, a newspaper. You can't listen to a podcast, you know, and not hear some reference to, you know, uh, politics. And, um, and, uh, and so how do you find, how do you find peace uh, in a time when politics is crazy? Um, I, you, I remember that there is nothing that's going to happen to me or to us in 2020 with regard to the elections that Jesus and I can't handle together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just that pairs with that idea of politics is crazy. But really, is there anything that can happen with regard to the political arena in 2020 that Jesus and I or Jesus and us that we can't handle together? It's putting the confidence in him and the otherworldly kingdom versus any woman or man who may become the president of the United States of America and trusting in her or him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny in my informal Peter Englert Sienna poll, you know, yes. Quinnipi- like I feel like at Browncroft, um, it's like fifty fifty. Sure. Like 
you know, one day I'll have a conversation. <clears throat> this person vote definitely voted this way. This person voted this way. And, you know, it can feel so hard, you know, and I remember the day after the election, um, the last time when I was on staff, one person said, thank God that he answered our prayers, that we got the president we wanted. Mm. And the other person said, you know, watch out. We better pray that God mm. takes care of us because this isn't the person that... And it's just, it's so hard to, like, in the same building mm. to to feel that and to know that, you know, the Congress... And we're all kind of... It goes back to this thing about control. If, mm -hmm. if the person in my party is the president, then... I'm good. We're in control. But if it's not, and it's almost like it's this heightened volume, like 30 out of 30 mm. now. So just really, really yeah. hard. Well, just to kind of close it up and, and you've, you've talked a lot about Jesus, obviously, and, and alluded to Jesus mm -hmm. when it comes to this idea. But the way Peter and I always like to end these podcasts is by, looking at Jesus and really saying, okay, Jesus, what do you have to tell us about this subject? Mm -hmm. And he has so much to say about this subject, mm -hmm. I feel like, that mm -hmm. we could probably spend, you know, three hours just yeah. unpacking easily, yeah, no doubt. just unpacking that. Um, so we're in no rush necessarily to get through this, but, but if, let's pretend for a moment that Jesus is here with us. Well, you know, I guess, in theory, he is. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk physically uh, here with us, sitting at the table. What do you think Jesus would say about this topic of worry and being in control? Worry and control. Are we going to let Eric go first? Or no, we're going to go first, and we're going to let Eric clear up our heresy as we always <laughs> do with our guests. So that's great. Um, so... I kept thinking there's this scene where Jesus is with two sisters. It's Mary and Martha. And Mary takes this role of, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to listen to Jesus. And Martha is like cleaning the house. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I keep going back to that scene. And, um, you know, I, I think about, I think I've told the story about my wife. Like I'm thinking about all the people here that worry about finances. And when my wife was a little girl, uh, she had two older siblings and like the family would go out to eat like once every two months, like not even crazy. And she would make a comment to her parents and say, we can't go out to eat cause you're not going to have enough money to send me through college. Mm. And like, you just think of Martha's role. Here's the savior of the universe who said, you know, don't be anxious of anything, you know, worry will take care of it. So, like all this stuff on worry. And there she is like, tell my sister to help me out. Mm. And I, I wonder how often we're there, how often we're walking through worry and pain um, to a place that we're not moving forward. And, you know, I, I go back to the serenity prayer too. what, you know, we focus so much on what we don't have control over hmm. when God is kind of saying, these are the, this is the, the easier things that I'm calling you to take care of. And, and how often, so, you know, you can wake up on time, <laughs> like you can do the dishes, you know, you can check that box off the to-do list. And we're so worried about the things we can't control. And I'd just be honest, probably the biggest thing in this season that's challenged me is 
there's some places where I would like to be on a personal level, you know, whether it's spiritually, career-wise, um, even marriage-wise. And like, I find myself like Martha, like, this is a problem. And God's like, uh, why don't you take care of the things that you're supposed to? So I don't know. John, yeah, go ahead. That's good. <clears throat> well, I just think of a, uh, a passage in the Bible where, where Jesus has been surrounded by people all day. He goes by himself to pray. And he says to his disciples, hey, I want you to get inside of this boat and I want you to, to go to sail to the other side of this lake. And he knows what's going to hit him, but he sends them anyway. And a huge storm comes up. And these are people who have been around boats their whole life, and they know it. So it's an area of strength for them. Mm -hmm. But yet they are so, like, overwhelmed by this storm that they can't, they can't make it through. Mm -hmm. And actually in, in this story, Jesus is in the, in the boat with them. Mm -hmm. And he's asleep in the middle of the, of the storm they're They got every, they, they're trying everything they can. And finally they wake Jesus up as he's asleep in the boat with them and say, help us. And to them, I think he's probably saying, they're probably saying to him, grab a bucket. We want you to help us. Uh, and Jesus is like, you have so little faith mm -hmm. because they, he's like, let me show you who I really am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he just speaks and the storm stops. Mm -hmm. And I think how often in my life, and often it comes in, in areas where I perceive that I'm strong, mm -hmm. these storms come up. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, and I feel like I question Jesus in that moment. And I go, you either don't care about me or you're not strong enough to help me where I'm mm -hmm. at. Those are the two things that I struggle with in the middle of those storms. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you don't care about me. Jesus, you're not strong enough to help me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Jesus, I think if he were here, would say to us, would say to everyone listening, no, I do care. Mm -hmm. I want you to understand that first and foremost, that I care what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And I think he would also say, and I want you to trust me that I'm strong enough to take care of this. Mm -hmm. Um, as you were saying before, Eric, that this isn't about, there's nothing that, that life can throw our way that mm -hmm. together we and Jesus can't handle. So mm -hmm. that's where I think Jesus would, would bring us into. Eric, though, about you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really appreciate actually <clears throat> both of your, both of your reflections about what Jesus might say. Um, you know, thinking about if I could just add one thing, Peter, to, to your, um, your reflection about Mary and Martha, you know, it's interesting going back to the beginning of what we were talking about and kind of the longer view of things, you know, that next interaction between Mary and Martha and Jesus, there's a, there's a very different Martha present, you know, at the, at the, when Jesus raises their dear friend Lazarus from the dead, um, Martha is not busy. Martha is the one who is expressing so much more faith in what Jesus can actually do. And so, you know, it's just it's just hope for all of us, right? We may be the we may be in that frantic place today, but 
again, you know, what will happen out in the future if we just begin to, to trust and believe. But, you know, what would Jesus say about this topic? You know, what I think about, um, in addition to the great things you guys shared, was this portion of, of Scripture in, in John's Gospel um, where the scene is uh, the really the the last it's the last supper so it's this it's the Passover Seder you know that Jesus is celebrating where he institutes the um, you know the, the the Holy Communion and um, and in this in these chapters we we see there's a lot of turmoil this is like this is the this is hours before you know the the trial and the suffering and the crucifixion and and so they're all together. And um, Jesus senses the tension. He, he knows that there's a lot of, of questions that the disciples are asking him and, and they're concerned and they're worried and they're fearful and they're disoriented. Um, they're feeling out of control, you know, in this moment because Jesus is saying he's gonna be going away and they're confused and, and, and so on and so forth. But, but he says in, in, um, in one point, I, th I think it's maybe chapter 14, um, in the beginning, he says, he says, you know, don't let your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me mm. and um, as I've spent some time in that in that verse looking at the language there and what Jesus is is communicating you know he's talking about belief he's talking about faith he's talking about trust you know you, you believe in God you trust God, you have faith in God, we'll have trust and faith and belief in me, so, such that 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 the, the sentence before that, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled, really a, a way of translating that, that, that seems very apropos to this whole notion of being out of control is, and being patient in the process is, don't let your hearts, dearly beloved, don't let your hearts stay troubled, right? Mm. So I think it's important for us to be real, uh, to be authentic, you know, to be vulnerable, um, to to say, yeah, I, no matter where we are in this in this pilgrimage and, and in our faith journey and in our intimacy with 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 God, that even the greatest of saints, perhaps, still had the moments where they were struggling profoundly. These were the guys who were with Jesus in that boat when he calmed the storm, who watched Peter walk on the water, right? And here they are really, really feeling out of control. And um, and they continue to struggle with it. So if we can look at the saints of old, if we can look at the, the those closest to Jesus when he walked the face of the earth, and we can be real with ourselves and say, we're like them, they're like us. Mm. You know, we may want to put them up on this pedestal as spiritual giants, and, and in many respects and regards they are, but they're also human. And, um, and so uh, if we could just realize that we don't have to, let our hearts stay troubled, right? Jesus is reminding them in chapters afterwards, you know, his peace is going to be with them. He's going to, they're not going to be left on their own. He's going to give the Holy Spirit who's going to abide with us um, and, and help us along the way and, and on and on and on. So I just, um, that's what I think of, you know, Jesus would just say, yeah, I, 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 I already talked about that. Um, and here it is in writing for you to, to, to just uh, leave in your hardest times. Father Eric, this has been a wonderful conversation. We're so glad to have you here. Just uh, remember this. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify. If we're not on a 
platform, just let us know. We'll put it on there. Uh, you can also uh, share about the show at hashtag WGW podcast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As I would say, uh, give us a five-star review. As John would say, give us uh, what you really think. And um, I would say... <laughs> don't we ho- worry. Don't worry about what review you're going to get. Just, God, uh, God's just, in control. Yeah, that's right. God's in wow. control of it. Don't, why worry about which review? We it's just good. We just got a great Jesus juke right there. Yeah, we did. Anyways, on that note, have a great day. Thank you so very much. And uh, we'll see you again next time.